Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, back from New York City. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck. Yeah, it's time for our first post-draft podcast. We're back from a uh, a week in New York City. It was grand. It was sunny. The week started off with me and Eric Decker and Adam Rank and our pal Daniel Jeremiah jumping into a horse-drawn carriage in Central Park and taking a spin around. It was it was positively gay. It it uh, it got more fun as the week went along. I think the highlight of the draft was probably being in Radio City Music Hall. With that Johnny Manziel buzz. It really was something to behold. I think this was the fourth draft or maybe the fifth draft that I've actually been inside Radio City Music Hall for. And the electricity in there was unlike anything I've ever felt before. From about pick eight-ish on, you figured he might go as high as two even. And he might go at four. And then once it got to eight slash nine with the Vikings moving around. And from there, the the electricity just accelerated until he finally got drafted. And I'm telling you, it's a good thing. I was rooting for the Cowboys just for the story of it going forward. Not just the night of the draft, but uh, but for the entire 2014 season. Dallas Cowboys with Tony Romo and Johnny Football on the same roster with uh, Jerry overseeing the whole thing would have been grand stuff. But if he would have been drafted, I feel sure that the place would have just imploded and we all would have uh, been buried <laughs> under the rubble because that's that's how hot it was in there for uh, for a few minutes when Manziel's name was being floated around. All right, let's talk about all of it. First of all, with uh, my man Can I, can I my, jump in real quick? You may. Isn't it funny how when we were kids, we never talked of implosions. It was always the place would have exploded. Oh, yeah. But because of these Las Vegas made-for-TV events <laughs> where we watch casinos implode, yeah. that's now our go-to. We now say, oh, the place would have imploded. It would have been a cloud of dust, and we would have been buried. In it. it's, it's remarkable how 
that's changed from our childhood to exploding things and watching pieces hmm. just be strewn about everywhere to now imploding Imploding. and it being a cloud of dust and that being the term of destruction boy we always he he always gives us something to think about i'm speaking of course of the uh the man with the baritone voice there dropping those insights uh, from the college football 24 7 podcast which you can hear one last one post-draft review and then they'll probably take a month off for you know doing about four months worth of uh, great work of uh, pre-draft review it's matt money smith what's the poop fella good to be back thanks yeah, for having a us I had a great time last time we were oh here. it was a wonderful time and uh and the listener agreed they went wild for it especially among the many things we did draft analysis and so on and uh, lakers talk and all that but the thing that really stood out was your heroic effort of course, you came up short. No human being could actually achieve the feat that you attempted, which was to name ten movies that <laughs> producer Black Tie behind the yeah. glass has seen. He's seen four movies. The math doesn't work. You can't get to ten. I felt when so he's good after those four. first two. I felt so good after those first two. Um, all right, let's. Uh, as I was saying earlier. Uh, my man seated to my immediate right, also doing uh, gangbusters work in New York City all last week, including something that you will see or maybe have seen, depending on when you're listening, um, on the upcoming Sheck Report. And also you can find it on NFL Fan Pass, I believe. You got together with it's Adam Rank. What's the poop? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure, A sure. A little weird hitting out of order. It's like Mike Trout getting moved down to the three spot, coming in behind Matt Money Smith, mm. who's... Setting the table for us right well, here. Well, I just jumped you, is what happened. What like happened. I, I looked like, at hey. Sosha's lineup card, and I said, the hell yep. with this. And I scratched it out myself, <laughs> and I ran it up to the umpire and handed it in. That is always, you know, and we've been talking about that for weeks. Speaking of doing something like that, is I had a chance, because I got a hold of the commissioner outside of Radio City Music Hall on Wednesday night, and that was one of the questions I was going to ask him, if he would ever override somebody's pick. I think that would be ah, I, but, what fun that would be, like Cowboys, <laughs> no. Zach Martin. I know you need. I know you have the need there, but uh, I, the Cowboys take Z- uh, Johnny Manziel, Texas A&M quarterback. That's, but it, it proves that he would never do that because when they announced that Blake Bortles was the third overall selection of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I literally, not figuratively, literally jumped out of my seat. Could not hmm, believe jumped. I jumped. I was, I literally jumped. Like it, one of those dudes on the uh, in the green shot when they're watching uh, <laughs> one of those horror films, you know. Yeah. That somehow, yeah. somehow this man, this middle aged man, has literally leapt out of his seat. He's That's, so terrified by paranormal be, activity. That well, should be the promo that we see <laughs> for 2015 NFL draft. Just like watch the audience's reaction. Watch. You won't believe Here's, what's going to happen. Look at Adam Rank right there. Well, in fairness, everybody's t- everybody. Well, I'm sitting in the last row of the lower bowl. So everybody's already standing because there's, like you said, there was a lot of buzz the whole night. So I, I'm sitting while everybody else is standing when they call Blake Borders. You go, what the sh? You know, and, and you stood up. And then <laughs> I actually it's said, uh, now I'm up. All right, let's bring him in here to the the uh, last guy here in Studio 66, another guy who's been doing uh, sublime work. Sublime work, is. Bucky Brooks. On the draft, I've seen you on the network talking. I hear you on the podcast. I see you. Uh, on the uh, on the dot com, so on and so forth. What's the poop? I want to get into the whole. Uh, you know, we have uh, time is short, so we want to get into your Let's draft into grades it. as much as we possibly can. Good week for you, though, Buck. And by the way, I got to say uh, the the high water mark of just about anything anybody did was in the in 
the moment in the moments after Johnny Football went and the moments preceding it, like I say, it was it was unlike anything in that joint that I'd ever really seen. And, you know, he had a gaggle of reporters and hangers on and uh, autograph seekers, hundred, literally probably a hundred dragging up the aisles of Radio City Music Hall. And Johnny Football was plopped in a chair next to uh, Bucky Brooks. And that, that was a tense moment. That is not easy to shut out all the people looking at you, flashing cameras at you, leaning in to hear what you're asking them. In this big moment, it was 10 minutes probably after he got picked, and uh, and you were gangbusters with him. So kudos on that. Oh, thanks. I mean, you know, that, that's been a long time coming. Johnny Football and I struck up a relationship probably about a year ago. Name so I've dropper. Been, I've been waiting on that. I've been waiting on the opportunity to do it. But it was exciting to see, and it was more exciting like my son was there to that was great. That really was cool. Big time Johnny football fan, and so that opportunity, I'm, I'm gonna give him credit. Like all of the guys were great, but they all were great with little man. But Johnny took time and kind of dapped him up and hood him up, and now I might have. You got you know, a Browns we, fan at home. We might have a burgeoning Browns fan. I you well, know, you know what, Bucky? I counseled him on that. I told your boy. I said, yeah. "Enough with this Dallas Cowboys jazz. What are you yeah. going to do? Go eight and eight forever? That's not good <laughs> enough. This, this is time to jump in on something new here." Yeah. I encouraged him. He didn't. Why not? Care. Why not jump into the factory of sadness? Yeah, right. <laughs> Real good. I mean, he's already nice there upgrade. with the Cowboys. So true enough. That's a savvy move, though, because now you know what. Next year, if I'm lucky enough to go to the draft, I'm bringing the baby Claire Danes. And then nobody. So if you ever have a tough interview, you're like, "Oh, here's my niece." Before you sit down, like totally. Take Who's the, the baby? What do you mean, Claire Danes? Baby Claire. She looks like. Oh, you have a baby. She looks like a. Foil. You understand when you say that? I'm, people, yeah, I'm like, wait a the minute. The people in this room somehow alone, rank is related to listener. Claire Danes. I know she's short, but man, <laughs> calling her a baby—that's cool. Listener, the listener in Florida <laughs> and in the UK right, right. <laughs> have no idea what that means. All right, actually, more people than you believe will know who that is. <laughs> right. The baby Claire uh, Danes is my niece. So you're going to bring okay. a, a baby, a prop, like, in other she words. She looks like a four-year, or excuse me, a five-year-old version of Claire Danes. All right. All right. Before we jump into anything else here, you bring up Johnny Football, or maybe I did, but uh, let's talk about the fact. You know, I the the thing that now I'm hearing a lot of Buck is this. Well, I talked to Johnny Football after he got drafted, and boy, he really seems like a together kid. You know, it's, I don't know what all this stuff is. I anoint him now, ready to go. He's he's going to behave himself and be good. How much can anybody really glean from that? And how important? I mean. How much of the process now, as you look back on that, is the you know the psychology of the guy? To me, I've long said that if you grow up in a in a certain class of family, a big thing, mm-hmm. a big a difference as you move forward in society is the ability to articulate yourself. You don't have to be smart, but if you can articulate yourself, right. it creates the sense that you're bright. Absolutely. Johnny Football has been in the spotlight for two years, so of course he's ahead of the curve. Doesn't he get unfairly sort of kissed in over those other guys who are kind of, you know, they're college kids who are 19. This is Johnny Football who's been hanging out with Drake and so on for the last couple of years. Well, right? Absolutely. He's definitely wily and savvy, and he has... The gift of gap. He's very, very polished for what he is. He may be, what, 21 years old? 
he is a very polished guy when you put him in front of the mic, and I think he has a keen understanding of the moment. He understands how to play the game, and I think he understands it in all aspects, which is why I believe that he was a first-round pick. Because remember, there was a lot of conversation about, man, this guy, he's a wild child. We won't like him. We won't like the personality. But I think by the end of the process, we have far more people convinced that Johnny Football could be the face of the franchise than many thought would happen at the end of the regular season. It's funny because I said, I know I've been saying this uh, for a long time now, but I've said as as uh, long ago as October, enough with this nonsense. This Mount, get the, the reporters getting up on Mount Pius. I don't know about Jadavian Clowney and his, beha- you know, he's, <laughs> he's quit on his team. This is disconcerting, and I don't know if you want this kid. So on and so Of course he went first overall. Of course he did that. It was a business decision. You can't constantly talk about how pro football is a business and then do anything other than really hail the guy who's, do, who's playing the system. Of course, he's not allowed to go pro. So he doesn't want to get hurt and ruin the the million dollar uh, brand, which is himself, right, Money? Oh, no question. I mean, we we never veered from that once on the podcast. I don't think there was ever a single moment from the end of the college football season until Thursday's draft, May eighth, that we said, "Oh, they're going to go Bortles or <laughs> they're going to go Khalil Mack." Between Bucky and DJ, it was no, it'll it'll be Jadavian Clowney, and anything else is just you know because this is an elongated process and you have to create a storyline. But outside of that, <laughs> that man will be drafted first because he looks unlike any other player in the draft or any draft that we've seen the last ten years. How much do you think that, or how surprised, I guess, were you when uh, the name Blake Bortles was called out? Rank jumped out of his seat. I didn't literally literally. jump out of my seat, but uh, sitting next to Matt Millen uh, doing it for .com, we we both had an audible gasp, a whoa. You know, when you hear that in in Radio City Music Hall, you're like, why do people say whoa? And you're like, oh, wait a minute, I said whoa. You know, it it, it created an, an audible reaction because... You know, as we talked about on the on the college football podcast, it is hard to keep secrets. I mean, it's damn near impossible to keep secrets. You would have had, mm-hmm. they're thinking about quarterback. You know, don't be surprised. They're thinking about maybe taking a quarterback. And that was not the case at all. Nobody saw that coming, and that never happens. And you were saying, uh, Muddy, I was listening to you on, uh, on your great radio show, uh, AM570, and you can find it on iHeartRadio, the Petros and Money Show on uh, Fox Sports Radio, I was listening to you tell the tale of you and Matt Millen off-camera talking about the surprises and the nature of hiding things from the media and how you can actually get away with doing that. In the 21st century, it, it seems near impossible, but Matt Millen says it's so. He's, yeah, his his point was, he said, look, guys like, like Bucky and DJ and these former scouts, they have sources, and he's like, but they're never going to get more than 40 to 50% of the information. They mm-hmm. just they don't have access to the right. other 50 to 60%. So under Understand. Yeah, there's something there, but there's so much more that's kept away from them. And he said specifically the medical, which we will never share. Teams will never share with anyone because fear of retribution. Maybe your doctor found something that other doctors didn't find, yeah. and that's a big taboo subject. So that'll never get out there. And he said you never really share the true order if you're bored. You just don't. You know, it's just the way it is. So it's interesting that we think you have all this information, and certainly they have more than than the typical Joe, but. You know, you only have half of it, and that's that leaves a I lot. I know, but you know what's funny about that is, is that there's the boy who cried wolf we know about 
I can't believe that somebody isn't tracking this. Somebody should be seeing which GMs cry wolf more than any others. Hey, Gus Bradley was fairly uh, was fairly honest with us, and therefore, when he says things in the future, we can trust him. And when another guy is not, we just don't believe anything he says. He's yeah, a complete D- liar, right? There was a story where DJ was on the phone with the Jags GM going through all these players, and right when it got to the point where DJ was going to ask him about Blake Bortles, he hung up. He said, you know what, i got to call on the other line. i got to go. Oh, really? Because he didn't want to he lie to him. Lie. Jeremiah was, yeah, on, was the on with Caldwell. I didn't see that. Was oh, on with Caldwell, terrific. who's a good friend of his, you know, and he just said he had to go. I've learned to leave those guys alone. Like in the week or two leading up to it, I just kind of let them be because a lot of what you hear is they want you to take certain things. They want you to carry your bone back in. Mm-hmm. We kind of have a gentleman's agreement. Like I'm not going to be played like that. Like don't play me like that because I end up with egg on my face. But – it's funny. You get your best analysis from your scouting friends during the fall. And so you have to document it. You need to write it down somewhere and keep it in that notebook because that is when they really feel they can be honest with you because they're looking for another set of eyes to kind of confirm a little bit of what they've seen because they don't want to be out on that island. But once the calendar flips and the regular season's over, anything that you necessarily hear from them, you really have to kind of weigh it and sift through it and make sure they're giving you the real, the real. Yeah, and something that Millen Millen said was uh, was that their their board, and I don't know if this was your experience with Seattle and Carolina, Bucky, but he said their board's done in January. He's like, for the most it part, is. he's mm-hmm. like, we're done in January. So everything we do between January and you know, in his time with the Lions in April, you know, it's like you said, they're trying to flip a bone out there to see what they can do and maybe help their position. That's why when you hear about these meteoric rises and falls and those things. It's not true because the board is set immediately after the regular season, right before you go to the All-Star game. Some teams set it after the All-Star games, but it's done prior to going to the combine. And so even the, with Ziggy Ansa, Ziggy Ansa soared up the boards after the season, right? A he, year ago. He, didn't, he, didn't really, he, didn't he put really in some soared. big work at BYU. He, he put some he was, big work and people really yeah. liked him or whatever. But when I talk about what happens after the combine in terms of the adjustments on the board, it is – I have Adam Rank and Money Smith, similar grades. Now I go see those work out. I'm like, ah, I think Money's a better athlete, so we'll put Money over top. Take but that, it's not, But it's not, <laughs> it's not a situation where, okay, I have Money and Adam here, and then I have Michael Fabiano way down here. But Michael Fabiano did a great comeback, so I'm going to take him from the bottom of the third round and put him all the way up to the top. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that. That is fantasy land. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that in the draft room. Um, just because money is going to bounce out of here in just a second, uh, we can look up everybody's grades and all of that. But I, you know, like <laughs> again, to, to to paraphrase what you said yesterday, money um, draft grades are predicated on the man who's writing them, Absolutely. on what he thought the team should do, and when the teams don't do that, then they downgrade exactly. them. And when they do what he thinks the team, when the team does what he thinks they should, then they get an A. It's magical. So. I, I, frankly, I don't really care much about anybody's draft grades. They just val- their self validation, basically. What team, though, uh, money or teams now are maybe going to make the playoffs or at least going to be mm. in contention because of the draft? Well, I know, I know what trail you're leading me down because you want to hear both Bucky and I say your Pittsburgh Steelers, but that no, I think, but I'm I, not but I think I, that's part and parcel because we're not used to the Steelers not making the playoffs. No, they're, they're but let a, me interrupt you with that. I know. Dick LeBeau, but let me just say, Dick LeBeau, the defensive coordinator, has a hard time integrating rookies into, into his comp, system. He does. I, the idea that suddenly, well, because there's a need that 
these guys are now going to be playing that they're going to be magically great as their as rookies. But, but the as bigger you question is Jarvis Jones. Exactly. He's the question mark. He to is he going to emerge in his sophomore year? As you mentioned, Dick LeBeau. Year. I just look at Shazier and Jarvis Jones, and that is, I mean, you want to talk about two Dick LeBeau guys just turning them loose, blitzing the hell out of the quarterback from that linebacker position. Don't forget about Timmons with his speed. Exactly. And, and if and, Worlds and can replicate any, uh, what he did in the second half of last I season, mean, the linebackers are mighty. I'll let Bucky take it on, on to it. I'm, you know, we're getting kind of mixed reviews on to it. Some people like him, versatile yeah. lineman. Other people say not enough lead in that ass and, and you know, maybe maybe not as, as I don't I think know, violent think, as you'd like a guy that plays that position to be. I think at his best, he's Richard Seymour. Hmm. At his worst... He's what they've had there. Brett Kiesel, Aaron Smith, he's just a solid guy that occupies it for the linebackers. The 3-4 line, defense is built for the linebackers to make plays. I'm and surprised right you now, diminish Aaron Smith. You lump him in there as though he was a mediocre guy. A lot of guys, and I have no ability to evaluate a guy who can, uh, who not, can suck up two linemen the way he did he for He can, but you don't, you don't earn Pro Bowl nods for sucking up linemen. You earn Pro Bowl nods for being disruptive and creating headaches. He didn't necessarily do that. He allowed those other guys, the James Harrison's, the Lamar Woodley, the other linebackers to make work. So in that Pittsburgh defense, those guys are the sacrificial lambs. They're the ones that give themselves up to allow those other players to make plays. So in saying that Stephon Tewitt, if he plays at a high level, he's Richard Seymour, meaning mm-hmm. he not only does that, but he also makes a handful of plays. If he doesn't, he's a guy that occupies space and allows those other guys to do work. And All just right. to build on your, your point about the playoffs, you know, I look, it's it's again, me giving a grade to a team that did what I wanted to see done, and that's that, that I wanted to see Dale Buchanan get taken in the first round. He's a safety that, you know, again, I'm biased. I got to see him in person play, and he Pack. is nasty. I mean, he is, he's what a safety should be. I mean, he strikes fear into opposing wide receivers. They're ahead <laughs> is on a swivel when they start running their routes knowing he's back there. You pair him up with Tyron Matthew with that secondary mm-hmm. and and a team that won double-digit games last year. And, and to me, that's just a perfect fit. And I like Troy Nicholas as well. They, they did not. I like Hausler, but they didn't really have a good, Big solid time. tight end, and now they do. So I, I really like those two picks for Arizona. You know, I think what's funny, what Money's talking about, the safety position is now a marquee position. Follow the money, and the money tells you what yeah, people true. think about everything. Free agency, we saw all these guys get paid. Jarris Bird, some of the other safeties get paid. It's a copycat league, and yeah. the, when it. you watch the Seahawks and, and even, do it with their two even, best players being even, their safeties. Yeah. And even now, when we're trying to legislate some of the big hits out the game, I have, in private conversations, heard from defensive coordinators, oh, no, that doesn't go anywhere. Because you have to have a guy in the middle of the field, like a Deion Buchanan, who sets the tone. We always call it, he's the IRS. He makes them pay taxes because you cannot let people walk through the middle of the field. And so to have a banger in the middle, it discourages quarterbacks from throwing the ball down and make them go to the perimeter. Yeah. That is important. because and remember, he led the Pac-12 in picks last year. He had six interceptions. So this isn't just a guy that, yeah, that drops the hammer. Hot. I mean, he's got, he's got pass-catching skills. As well. Now listen, first of all, let me say that I think you two work beautifully together, but neither one of you has answered my question. What? Ta- what? So you're saying the Cardinals? Cardinals money? That's your answer. It, that's a nasty division, which is right. But but I think needs that they may have had. They already had a strength in the back end of that defense. They improved it even more, and the fact they get a pass catching tight end for Carson Palmer, I, I think, upgrades that. Team. I will say this about to money is uh, kudos. He said it a year ago that the find that the sleeper of the draft, the guy who fell way too far, who's going to be the star was Keenan Allen. And Keenan yeah. Allen, oh, of course, we, we made man, the who Don't to us, jump man. in on it, Bucky. Anyone Have dignity. Bucky loved him some Keenan Allen as well, yeah. These Tampa guys. Bay Buccaneers. 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, listen, I love the Austin Safari. Tampa Bay Jenkins Buccaneers. Pick. Here you go. You got the big basketball team mm-hmm. in the passing game. You got Josh McCown, who gets to do exactly what he did in Chicago. Jeff Tedford is underrated in terms of a play caller. Like, I know it kind of went his, bad for him. But his rep, his rep is the QB uh, whisper or whatever people called him over the years. Does not uh, uh, ignores the fact that only Aaron Rodgers ever turned out to uh, be a good pro quarterback. It's about, it's about, Kelly Smith. It's about what they yeah. did in no, the, I, no, no, in the no. college They were game. good in they college. Did. In the yeah. college game. That's what he coached him, though, That's what he was coaching That's what he coached He can't help they mess him up. He's not coaching Joey Harrington in Detroit. Well, Listen, I, if, if, if oh, listen, you want to take a kid who played for Jeff Tedford because he teaches kids how to play quarter? Well, not not at the pro level, he doesn't. No, you know what's no, funny? And look what happened when he kind of got away from his guys. You know, he took Longshore and like Zach Maynard. It's funny. That's the only reason why Maynard ended up at Cal is because he's Keenan Allen's ha- stepbrother or mm-hmm. half brother, I think, is what yeah. he is. So he would have never got Keenan Allen to come out there from Carolina. So he took one. He took one for the so team. He took one for that. It cost him his job. All right, real quick with uh, with uh, money before he walks yep. out the door. Tom Savage is he really going to start? I love the Texans draft. By the way, I love yeah. it. I love what they. I, I love that they replace Owen Daniels essentially with Federovitz or Federo Federovitz Federovitz. It's a hard one. It man. is. Hard hey, Kirk Ferentz knows how to make tight ends that work in the NFL, man. Um, I and you know, and then they, uh, you know, otherwise uh, they get the lineman that we're talking about. Xavier but Tom Sophia, Savage, I love that guy. The, I mean, is are they really going to throw that guy in to be there uh, to, I mean, to drive the, point the ship? I brought here? up to Bucky is don't, don't forget what Matt McGloin was when when he showed up at Penn State, he took a walk-on and won games with him and gave him an NFL career. I mean, Matt McGloin is in the NFL on a roster. And that's Bill O'Brien. You know, he took Matt Castle, uh, you know, in New England, and a guy that never took a snap really in college and made him a, what, $50 million man in the NFL. So certainly this guy's got something going. Here's, Here's the deal. Here's where he would tell Tom Savage when he comes in. Don't turn the ball over. Allow your guys to do work. Tom Savage goes into a situation where Andre Johnson, Newt Hopkins, talk about Fedorowicz in a tight end, a defense that is stellar. The only thing you tell him is don't mess it up. If he doesn't mess it up, they're going to win games because they're more talented than the majority of the teams in the National Football League. Tom Savage avoids the turnover, makes a couple plays when he gets his opportunity. He will be a good player, much like those play- Patriots quarterbacks have always been. All right, we're going to let uh, Money walk out of here. Are you going to Buck, or are you going to hang in to Kibitz I don't know, some whatever more? you want. I, I want you to yeah. stay in Kibitz is what I want. And by the way, because I don't want to look like a homer, I'll let Bucky sing the praises of Phil Emery and what those uh, what those Bears were able to put together. Ah, that's what I want. I want to talk yeah. about that division I don't, I don't in general. I want to go there. I love did what you, the Packers did, did like too. The, but did yep. you like that they didn't go for the safety and they went for the cornerback? Well, I like Brock Vereen, though. I mean, but that's me just, you know, again, Brock some bias there. That's a, you know what? Like the thing about Phil Emery that, that I guess I've noticed now in three years is he likes sort of raw, talented dudes. And that's kind of what Brock Vereen is. Is he a corner? Is Smart. he a safety? He's an He's athlete. Tough. He's sharp. I mean, you just see his brother Shane and, and how, you know, how pliable he is for the New England Patriots. And that's kind of what Brock is on defense. So you have a safety. And you'll, you'll talk about Kyle Fuller and how he can play safety as well. He can play slot corner. He can come in at the nickel. He can play an outside if Tillman or Jennings get hurt because they're older. He's do everything. Will Sutton, you know, if you follow the Pac-12, when that dude was 280 pounds, he Dominant. was a nightmare on the interior of a line. You know, I mean, the reason why Vontez Burfict ended up doing what he was doing is because Will Sutton was controlling the middle of that line for him. So... The fact that he's going to shave some weight—that's uh, it's a real interesting draft. I mean, there's some there's some impressive dudes there. Plus, getting Christian Jones. <laughs> Plus, getting Christian Jones 
from Florida State. The linebacker from oh, Florida gosh, State. I was thinking the punter from uh, from Florida that <laughs> they got. O'Donnell. There you go, Pat O'Donnell. Pat O'Donnell, but that's still a smart pick, too. I mean, you look at what, like, He's Steve Punter. He's a, he's a punter. All right, yeah. uh, money's walking out right, of the I'm door here. But as you do, you're an NBA, uh, as, uh, as uh, wise Oof. an NBA voice as there is. Oof. Clips or uh, or uh, thunder thunder clouds. thunder. I think it goes. I agree with you. Why seven. Is everybody? Everybody now is anointed the clip. Oh, the Clippers are now going to win the series. No, they. I, I really don't believe that. That's you know? the case. It's, it's funny they they it's did the whole pull a miracle uh, to get to get even in the series. They I think did, OKC's going to end up. Uh, it was that MVP speech, man. That MVP hmm. speech, I think, changed everything. You know, the team got blown out by 40 points. Kevin Durant versus Russell Westbrook. Why is Westbrook taking all these shots? He makes this big speech. You're so important to me, veteran leader Karan Butler. I love you, Russell Westbrook. Hmm. Westbrook's putting up Oscar Robertson numbers, 26 points, nine boards, eight assists. I mean, he's I'm, th- I'm that, that, that's too much for the Real They're a desperately flawed team, I, I think, am... for one that's so good. But, I'm... I mean, the fact of the matter is Westbrook, even in these playoffs, you can simply not keep him from getting south of the foul line. He gets nope. in the lane whenever he wants to against whoever he's playing. It's a massive league, though. The... Like, ba- basketball is so different than football. It's so different watching the NBA. Well, one it's dude a... changes everything in basketball. It's, it's a massive They can't thing. stop Kevin Durant. So they the can't thing. stop Russell Westbrook. I think, the, I think the Clippers are a better team than Oklahoma City. I agree. But overall, I think right. San Antonio Pieces will wise. absolutely blow through the Clippers. Whereas if they played Oklahoma City, I think San Antonio would have a tougher time playing Oklahoma City than they will. Yeah, see, I, I guess the, the thing I, I, I just, I love the Spurs. I, it's it's a soccer team on a basketball court. So the way they move the ball, how they execute. And that's, that's who they are, Barcelona. So like Barcelona. There you go. Exactly. That's all black tie can do is make uh, comparisons so, with soccer. Yeah. I mean, why does it have to be Barcelona? Why can't they be Real? Why can't they be, <laughs> Ch- why can't they be Man City that just won the EPL uh, on Sunday? Why can't you celebrate a, a premiership? Ship, huh? Uh, uh, Why does man, it have to be Barcelona? It, it can't be Man City because Why I'm don't you man, go Fiorentina? Well, it'd be any of these teams. It you know, can be any of these teams. Real quick, just, just to bring up this last point on Kevin Durant's MVP speech. I mean, watching <laughs> you're, that, you're uh, trying to get money out of here. I know, you I know. But here, money up, has to up. hear your point. It was such, How could he go out into the day without such, hearing your it point? It was such a great speech, by the way, <laughs> that NBA TV turned that into like its own 30-minute show. But question is, after watching that, you can't tell me that for the great athletes, that winning an MVP slash Hall of Fame induction, that's way more important than winning a title, isn't it? Like, you see those speeches, and it's like, this is what these guys have worked for. Like, the title thing but is not given an op- But they're not given an opportunity to make a speech after the title. No, it's different. Well, you know? it's, it's a means. And because I, it, well, well, understand, too, it, it, you know, the title happens in a moment. You know, it, it happens, and then you're a champion. And, you, yeah. you know, this the MVP, he wins it. He's got two days to reflect upon this award that he's won and what it means to him and craft a speech and, and figure out what message he wants to convey. More, it's just more of a satisfaction from a personal, individual point of view because this well, is what you worked so hard well, for. Well, I mean, like, I, I think they're two, two-pronged. I, I, I think being recognized as the MVP in the, Nas- in the NBA, it's your peers saying that you're the best dude or they see you as the best. Like, it's kind of game-recognizing game. Winning the title—that's the ultimate. Like being a champion, it's a crowning achievement on your career. But it's I have completely no doubt, different. though. I have buck, no doubt. Buck, talking to football buck. players, I have no doubt that more guys would say, if they're being honest, that they'd rather get into the Hall of Fame than win a Super Bowl. Well, it's a small fraternity. It's funny. I uh, I bumped into Andre Reed at the draft, and he name when dropper. I was, when I was a rookie, he was right, my teammate. That's out but, there with Andre Reed. But he <laughs> get him on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is that Pat O'Brien? I was having some in? coffee out there. It's in Midtown Manhattan. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I share the 88th floor with Jeets. 
Over there at Trump Tower, I came down. I saw Andre Reed. I said, hey, Andre. Hey, you know famous people? I do. You know what he said to me? Hey, Pat. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. I oh, said it, actually. I saw Matthew Broderick. He was getting coffee at Dean and DeLuca. I went and I said, what's happening, Matt? You know what he said to me? Hey, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> More impressions from the sports world and beyond, courtesy of Matt Money Smith when you, cho- oh, when you tune in. Oh, I'm such a bad person. To- <laughs> AM 570 out here in watching the sunrise. Watching the sunrise. (laughs) West Side Highway. And uh, guess who pulled over? As Mayor Bloomberg. He uh, he said, Hey, is that you, Pat? I said, It is. Got in his car and drove away. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is, I really saw him at the gas station like two months ago. (laughs) Mayor Bloomberg? No. Uh, I, I hey, miss. Buck. Hey, Buck, check it out. It's my Maserati. What do you think? <laughs> Slick ride, right? You know what Buck said to me? Who are you? <laughs> I, I saw him at the Super Bowl in New Orleans and just started talking to him, and he just pretended like he knew me. That's right. Rolled with it. I know who I you are. Remember, see, but I remember I, he's CBS basketball. Damn right he's he NBA is. basketball, hey, listen, tape delay. Buck, Buck listen, I want to tell you something. There's three guys. Three guys that built the NBA, all right? Magic. Larry and me. Uh, let me tell Don't you something. I absolutely believe it. that that is his frame of mind, too. Don't when you hear it. him tell the stories I about the building. I told him on CBS. I said, this has tape delay. is a bunch of BS. All right? You put me out there. Take me on the face of CBS Sports. You put me out there on the court. I'll do side. I'll do court side. I'll do it. I invented it. They say Jack Aroot invented it. Hell no. It's me. I did it. Guys, we're about to have A.J. Hawk here on the line. Oh, we are. Oh, yes, I know A.J. A.J. and I go way back. We used to go crossbow hunting. <laughs> That's right. Out in the flats of Iowa. Crossbow hunting for what do they got out there boar, right? We, yeah, make that's us, right. Let us be a fly on the wall for that. What's that sound like when you and A.J. Hawk are together? Well, I'll tell you. It uh, usually starts with some French toast at a local uh, diner there. He's a, he's, you know, he's, he's a salt of the earth, that guy right there. I'll tell you. you know, when, when he and I hang out, it's, it's pretty great. You What's know? he say to you? Uh, he says things like, you know, Pat, I, I, I admire you. I I admire everything about you. I, I think that uh, you know I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> I would. Right, I'm Please off. just go. Please All right, just I'm leaving. I don't Turn think off you're going to talk. Yeah, there he goes. You got the raps in like, uh, about 20 minutes. Ago. Yeah, he's going to run me Petros over. Petros and money on yeah. Fox Sports. We are going, Buck. Are we really talking to Hawk? I don't want games being played with my heart. I don't want to see Buck walk out the door and then hear that Hawk is not uh, joining us. He is going to join us. That's going to be... All right. Great work, fellas, over these last uh, many months covering the draft. Of course, uh, college football 24-7, the podcast. Look for all the coverage on NFL.com and NFL Network. They're a little punchy. At this point. Sure they are. Listen, this, they're they're like accountants just picking their heads up after uh, April 15th. Sure, sure. this is the, the first air they've seen now. All right, there they go out the door and just in time because Black Tie is giving me a thumbs up that we have Hawk. Real quick, a couple weeks ago, we had a delightful time getting to know one Brady Quinn, uh, formerly of Notre Dame, of course, right. and then uh, jumped around the NFL. And I, as of the time of this recording, he's looking to latch on with a new team. I'm rooting for it because, like I say, we found him delightful. And Great he just body so, language. Yes, he also happened. He's a handsome devil. The other oh. thing is he uh, he happens to be the brother-in-law of the 2013 Shecky Award winner for our favorite football playing guest on uh, on the DDFP here. Real quick, he didn't pick up his phone when we called him when Quinn was in here, though. Real quick, Black Tie, give us a quick 
taste of uh, the voice message we left for AJ Hawk. Hey Hawk, it's uh, your old pal uh, Damashek and Rank here, and and we also have uh, your brother-in-law with us, and we wanted to get you on the podcast. We're sitting here in Studio Sixty Six, Kibitzin. No jive. What gives, fella? Yeah, go ahead, Brady. You tell. A little him. disappointing. Real disappointing. Yeah. Much like your short game in golf, which we'll, uh, see, we'll, we'll soon see in Lake Tahoe here coming up. Yeah, that went on for about 10, 15 minutes. Anyway, right. all right, let's talk right now to the man uh, that we're yapping here about. A.J. Hawk, what's the poop, fella? What's happening, guys? Good to be here. Sorry I missed your uh, your call when Brady was in there. I feel bad about that. It was a slap really? in the face. Yeah, it was a slap in our face. How many, How much, How long did you let that voicemail go on before you, like, forget it? And you I listened to the whole thing because <laughs> it's funny. I saw the call. And obviously, if I don't know the number, I'm not picking up. But luckily, I didn't even see that one because I would have loved to get on there with you. But um, this whole time, the last like minute, Brady is sitting there going, longest voicemail ever, longest voicemail ever. Oh, he's going to kill me or whatever he's saying. So it was hilarious. And you guys are just keep rolling. So I give you credit. Yeah, Brady uh, wanted to hang up. I saw no reason to do so. I thought you deserved some sort of a punishment for not answering your phone. Um, I was a, it was a delight. What do you mean? I wasn't a punishment. I loved it. See? It was like I got to listen to the podcast before it was released. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about all of it. And uh, we'll start off with your Packers. As I told you the last time you joined me, uh, you joined us here on the show, I told you, the Green Bay Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. February 2015, Glendale, Arizona. I've now decided that the team you're going to beat is the New England Patriots. So it's probably going to be a tough game. I mean, Tom Brady is very good at football. But I think now with ha-ha, I think you're now all set on defense and beyond. How say you, Hawk? Well, I think that it's very true that Tom Brady is very good at football. That was a, you know, never true words have been spoken from mm-hmm. you, Damashek. Mm-hmm. But, um... I love it. I love your confidence in the pack. And the good thing about you is I know that you're not going to sit there and blow smoke and beat around the bush. You know, you're going to tell me if you don't think we are going to win. I've told so. you your defense isn't you know, keeping up its end of the bargain. I've told you that to your Why face. Not? I appreciate that, that you compliment hey, yeah. that. You're a, you're a, a man of honor. I, I like that. You're like Tom Cruise in uh, the movie where he's a drunk. I can't think of the name right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, wow, he's that's honorable man. <laughs> that's very flattering. You're Tom very much the movie guy. You're like Tom Cruise when he was a wait, drunk. Wait, how it? First of all, how did <laughs> oh, you no, even? No, not cocktail. Not cocktail. The movie when he's the he's the warrior. Uh, oh yeah, the uh, when he when he learns to be a samurai. Last samurai. Yeah, oh, samurai. Oh, last samurai. That is the yeah. Tom Cruise movie I have seen, guys. Wow, yeah. Black Tie, good for you. you. By it's the way, I knew Cocktail because Matt Money Smith is back here with me, and he threw that one out there. So I just uh, I thought I'd act like I did know it. Hey, A.J. Hawk. But he uh, didn't drink in that. Oh, Black Tie, the producer, has seen four movies. I don't know if we've asked you this before. He has a bunch of things that prevent him from seeing movies, like he doesn't see Tom Cruise movies. He doesn't see Tarantino movies, sports movies, anything that was released prior to 94 and so on. Let's see if you can crack the code. See if you can name a movie that Black Tie has seen. Um, what about Dumb and Dumber? Oh, that's Ooh, a great one. That's, that's right one. at 94, too. That's right around. All right. That's a, what do you say, Ranked? Has he seen it? I saw his facial reaction when that when AJ said that, so I'm like, I'm going to recuse myself from it. I'm going to say he has seen it, and you, rank feels good. All right, Black Tie, lay it, all, uh, lay it on us here. Guys, 
I have seen Dumb and Dumber. All right. Oh. Actually, that's a buzz. I think you're not supposed to ding. Oh, it's correct. No, it was correct. No, yeah, yeah Hawk yeah. got it right. Yeah, yeah, right but right. I will tell you this. Another rule to my movie scene, Will Ferrell movies. Not a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> he basically yeah. doesn't like anything, is uh, yeah, aside from gotta, soccer. You need to live a little bit, Black Tie. That sucks, man. You're missing out on all kind of great movies. I'm a TV show Wait, guy. But that's what about what I do. Homeland, now, Game of Thrones, the good stuff. What if okay. Will What if Will Ferrell is not playing a central character? How does that? How do you like? Where does that? He's not the guy who sings "Happy Rank." You're not. I think you're getting him confused <laughs> with Perry Farrell. Will Farrell. Will Farrell. Will Farrell. <laughs> Let's get back on track, guys. 2014 draft. You're right. You're right. Black Are you tie. serious? Thank you. Thank you for that. Now, Black Tie with a sober thought that we need to talk about the 2014 draft with an NFL football player. So let's do it. What do you think about Haha? I like him. Um, I just got back from the. Uh, from our off-season stuff, and they're all here. I gave him a ride down to our uh, our indoor facility this morning. He's a great kid. I, I think he uh, is going to be a monster for us. So anyone that, especially a DB that comes from a Nick Saban coach team, they know what they're doing, and they don't mess around. So I, uh, I'm looking for big things from them. Do you so? All right, so you get uh, the the job of giving him a lift then to Lambo. So you're in obviously you're in Green Bay then right now. Yeah, like our place is set up a little different. All of our meetings and walkthroughs and weight room and cafeteria, whatever, that's in the stadium. That's underneath uh, the stadium. But then our indoor facility is like across a couple parking lots and across like the one little main road in Green Bay. So we have to drive. So even like during the season when we break meetings, we get our shoulder pads on, everything, take your helmet, and you go get in your car and you drive like 500 yards down to the indoor facility. I thought that was, what, isn't the thing that kids give you their bikes? Yeah, that's the bike thing, but that's only in training camp where the kids ah. come when practice is open to the public. Um, so what do you say to a guy like HaHa? What kind of questions does a 21, 22-year-old kid have for a guy who's been in the system? Does he say, like, hey, where's a good place to get a hamburger? Or is Coach McCarthy nice? Or is Dom <laughs> Capers going to yell at me? Like, what kind of questions do they ask? Well, you, usually they're they're pretty quiet, you know, when, when guys come in just because it was really their first day with us doing, like, our walkthroughs and workouts with us. So, they're all pretty quiet. You can tell they just keep their head down and work hard. So I, I kind of have to uh, engage in conversation, you know, just normal things. Ask them where they're from. He's from Orlando, Florida. I know that much. But um, stuff like that now. They uh, ask what kind of guy Coach McCarthy is. What do you mean, Damashek? He's a Pittsburgh guy. So I tell him, first of all, he's tough as nails. Yes. Honorable. Yes. And he loves the Pirates and he loves the Penguins. And I even saw him at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and I asked him what his favorite meat to get on a Primanti sandwiches, and he got that right. He said Capicola, which is one of the two correct answers, pastrami or Capicola. So, yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a good sure man he in my book. You like, I'm sure he told you about yingling beer and everything. So, yeah, I mean, he, these guys, I mean, you guys with your Pittsburgh roots, you guys, do ne- you never stray. Like, I don't, is there anyone that grew up in the Pittsburgh area and kind of disowns it and won't claim Pittsburgh? I have no, yeah, I can't see the forest for the trees, but yeah, it does seem to me that people travel, people who leave Pittsburgh, even if they do leave it, they go out, I, like I always say, I didn't uh, leave it in the rearview mirror, I'm just out evangelizing, I'm spreading the good word about the, the city on the banks of the three rivers. It is weird, I mean, there's no fan base, I would say, in pro sports or an American's pro sports that turns out the way Steelers fans do around the country. Why do you make eyes, Rank? Who really? does that better? Have you ever been to a Pirates game? 
I'm talking about the Steelers. No, but it's the same thing. The Steelers, because they're good. Of course your fans show up. And a lot of them... Well, I mean, there are other even, teams that are good. What do you mean? Of, but a lot of them probably aren't even from Pittsburgh. Do Packers fans turn out anywhere you go in the country? Yes, there are, all over the place. Oh, oh my come God. on. But not on the level that Pittsburgh fans not do. Enough. That's yes, silly. I would, do, right? I, would say the, I would say the Packers fans turn out more than the Steelers fans do. That's oh, ridiculous. God. Now oh, you're just easy. trying to make trouble. I'm not even Frank trying to make trouble. get some death threats tonight. No, <laughs> Um, but all right, so you get so so ha ha in the fold. Then Aaron Rodgers gets a new wide receiver. Does Aaron Rodgers say to you, or do you guys casually, you know, now that the draft's over, maybe you can uh, you can tell us? Does Aaron Rodgers say, "Hey, listen, I want the team to be good, but the fact of the matter is, these guys better get me a new wide receiver. They haven't gotten me anybody good in a couple of years. I need a new one, and it better be good." Does a guy like that say to McCarthy and Thompson, "This is what I want," or do you, as a leader of the defense, do you and Clay get the Together and go to Capers and, and on up and say, like, listen, man, we're out on the field. We really need a safety here. Uh, no. I don't know who you think we are. or Well, don't put me in Aaron's category. I'm not even on the same – I don't live on the same planet that Aaron. Oh, has, have some self-esteem. You can say I'm, what you want. You've been there forever. Oh, I have great self-esteem. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Frank and Danishek. But, um, uh, no, oh. that's the thing. At least, I don't know what other teams are like, but here that does not happen. Um, if they do, no, that, that never happens because we don't know. The coaches don't know who we're picking. Nobody knows, really. It's all up to, you know, Ted Thompson is the guy that obviously pulls the trigger at the end and makes all the decisions, but he listens to everybody that feeds him that information from all year, you know, and does these reports on every single player that's coming out. So he takes all that information, goes up into his office, watches all his film, and then that's the guy that is, is making the final decision every single year. So, no, we don't have any pull, and we don't act like we do. I'm surprised. I'm sort of surprised by that. Legitimately, we hear Kobe Bryant say, "Hey, they better consult me when they before they hire the coach." And the management seems to say, "We're not going to ask Kobe that." But I got to think that you know. I listen. I think John Elway talks to Peyton Manning. I think he says, "What do you think we need?" I, I have to think that that John. Do you think that John Elway doesn't say to? Peyton Manning, hey, this Cody Latimer kid, he's nice and long. What do you what do you think of him? Would you rather throw to him versus blank? You don't think that happens? Oh no, I I do think that happens. Um more for I think more offensively. I'm speaking for myself and anyone on defense. Mm. Uh, you know, defensively, maybe a guy you think I like Ray Lewis, he could kinda um petition to get a big monster in front of him. You know, they got a guy like Haloti Nada years ago who's a, just amazing, one of the best in the league. Stuff like that. It happens in different places. I think it depends on the organization, what kind of relationship the guys have, and and who the people are making the decisions. You know, a lot of teams, it it, it depends. You know, is the owner stepping in? I know there's all this. Well, and there's some debate. Is Cleveland the owner stepped in to take Johnny Football and all that? So we don't have an owner. We don't we don't have anything hmm. like that. So I'm sure Aaron though gives his. Uh, he's not scared to give his opinion and what he thinks on on what they who they should take. So I'm sure he he told Coach McCarthy, you know, sitting back on the back porch. Talking about you know where what suburb of Pittsburgh Aaron's going to buy his future house and drinking <laughs> a couple of younglings. I'm sure they talk about it. Um, all right, let's talk about the uh, the big story real quick of the, of the draft. It's amazing. It's really erased all the Johnny football and other talk. Is the Michael Sam stuff? What it would? How do you react to it? What did you think of the the big kiss? Which you know a lot of people that they don't care in principle, but then they, they oh they saw that they didn't care for that, and so you know what. Or, Reaction to the whole thing, the NFL, what would would it be if the Packers had taken him, all that? 
Yeah, I mean, you talk about something that's polarizing the country right now. Um, in his jersey, like what him and Johnny Football's jerseys, one and two for rookies, whatever, um, yes. for sales. But I don't see the big deal and why it's such a crazy story and why it's got to be everywhere. Um, it's just not that big a deal to me. I think when you make something a big deal about it, it almost it shows that you're I don't know that you're not progressing with the times. You're you're stuck in the past, or whatever. And and one thing that that bothers me, regardless. So ESPN covered him and his boyfriend kissing or whatever at the draft. I was traveling at that happened. I didn't see it. I've obviously seen the highlights that they keep showing. But the thing that I don't understand is when I've heard parents say, "My, how do I explain that to my seven year old son or ten year old kids?" I'm like. First of all, if you're gonna, that's you as a parent. That's our job as parents. I think, Rank, you don't have, do you have kids, Rank? Yeah, I, I do not. Okay, I, whatever. I have so, nieces and nephews, but I get yeah, that. I get so the point. That's the thing. That's our job as parents is to handle situations like that. What else are you doing as a parent if you're not trying to teach your kids how to live in the real world? And they're gonna see that when they go anywhere. So I don't understand when someone's trying to blame blame it like they're. They have issues trying to explain stuff to their kids. No, I look at that as a learning opportunity for my kids if they do see it. I'm not going to hide them from things. So I just don't understand why why we have to make a big deal out of everything. Yeah, like Michael Sam can't kiss the person he loves because you're afraid to talk to your child. Exactly. <laughs> why don't you sit down and explain it? Yeah, how about you? That, that'll make you a better you grow as a person thinking like, okay, maybe this is going to be a little, how do I go about this? What should I do? Well, I don't know. Research it a bit and, and talk to some people who you respect and, and figure out how to handle it. Uh, listen, I think uh, you're you're right, Hawk. But to answer your your question, why do why is it? a big deal it's because there are people i mean listen you look at donald sterling and any sort of you know not not that they're the exact same sort of thing but it's you know comparable in that they're it's about intolerance and hate and all that kind of stuff and it is good for when these situations come up you know as a as a uh, on both ends of it if we say a man kissing another man on camera is a form of free speech or or you know the the right to to live freely in the same way i say Celebrate, you know. I get I get tweets and everything when I say good for Michael Sam. People say, oh yeah, or, or when or if I denounce Donald Sterling, people people will tweet me, oh yeah, well you're all for free speech until someone says something you don't like. Oh, quite the contrary. I'm all for free speech, and as a result, I love when people use that right to humiliate themselves. They think they're saying, "Yeah, you all right? You've used your free speech, Donald Sterling, and now your your life is going to crumble." Now, a, a separate conversation is whether or not his Fourth Amendment rights are being violated by releasing a private recording, but that's a conversation for another time. Similarly, Michael Sam has now done what he's what he's free to do now and a lot of people don't like it they think that somehow the bible trumps that or whatever their moral qualms are with that listen this is the this is reality in the 21st century and for it to be put in your face like that for an audience that wasn't expecting it it's one thing to play to the home crowd it's another thing for a football watching crowd to see that oh a gay man what's this going to mean that's what it's going to mean it happened that fast he gets drafted and now he's kissing a man on tv there's no you know Unringing that bell, as they say, and it moves us forward as a society, whether you like it or not. I think you're exactly right, Hawk. Yeah, I mean, it's. I understand they say don't you don't want to talk about sexuality or religion, you know, politics. That'll that's the first way to alienate yourself or get in arguments with people. But 
that's when, uh, if you want to get something done, you want to live in the real world, you have to kind of talk about it because that's where how real people talk and that's how real people live, you know. And like you said, bam, it happened. He's drafted. He's excited. It happened. It, even if it took people by surprise or it shocked you or whatever, yeah, you, you're allowed to be shocked. That's your right. But that doesn't mean you can sit there and send. The, you should be able to send the kid death threats and wish harm upon somebody, whether you agree or disagree. Yeah, well, that's kind of the point is that to me is I like seeing that stuff because people don't like it. And then they expose themselves by saying out loud, I don't like that. And then you see what happens to them. Those people get exposed. They think they're making an important statement, and they are, which is to expose themselves as a lunatic. You know, I'm all for people incognitoing or or sterling. We have to figure out what we're going to do going forward. Are we going to call it incognitoing yourself? Yeah, because now it's taking a different meaning. Yeah, right. Right. usually when you're in incognito, right? It's a to, new thing. Yeah. I didn't have to keep explaining that, but yes. <laughs> anyway, Hawk. All right, good stuff for me on that one. What about uh, my new friend Ryan Shazier of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, formerly of your? You. How do you get him to tweet? I'm sorry to cut you off there, but no. how do you get him to tweet something about the Penguins? You just grabbed him right after he got drafted. I grabbed him. Yeah, listen, I listen. Coach uh, Kamish Cadell and I. We're sitting backstage, and I said, hey, Kamish, I want to talk to this Shazier kid. And he said, yeah, all right, uh, Sheck, let's uh, let's figure that out. And, yeah, we got together, and he recorded a nice message that I knew would play to the uh, to the fans in Pittsburgh. He said, let's go, Pens, beat those Rangers. Sadly, it hasn't worked out so far, but hopefully uh, that'll have, turn. Have the, have the Penguins won since they Don't worry that? about it, Rank, what's happened. Talk about Ryan Shazier and what you know about him from Ohio State. Oh, he's an absolute stud. I mean, I watched I watch all the Ohio State games, obviously, and that dude is always out there making plays. And I think what kind of catapulted him for sure into the first round was when he went went a four three some forty. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's just lightning speed, and he's such an athlete, and he can do everything. Comes off the edge, rush the passer, he can also play inside, he covers guys. So he's kind of what they're looking for in inside backers, you know. And for him to be the but the first inside backer taken, number fifteen overall, especially to a to a great organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, I couldn't see a better fit. So Andy's a, a great kid all around. So I think it's just uh, it was a no brainer for them. He doesn't have eyebrows though. Yeah, why not? Well, I don't know. Maybe that's your know. new thing too. Maybe I will. I don't know. I I saw Rank. Um, uh, commented about my haircut or whatever. Maybe I should shave my eyebrows off. <laughs> <laughs> Unity for I, the Buckeyes in the, in the pro ranks, yeah. And realize yeah. anytime I'm commenting on somebody's hair, it's purely out of jealousy. Right. Even if you <laughs> 100% were making fun of me, I don't care at all. I understand. <laughs> I got a weird haircut right now. I, you know what? It's it's warmed up to me. I think it was the angle I was watching it on the in-house feed here, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's really striking. But you it's know what? Really weird. I appreciate no, no, no. I appreciate you went out and did it though, and you have no shame. Hey, I tell people all the time. I, you're right. I don't have any shame, and I just get bored, and I go down to this this salon in the Columbus, like downtown Columbus area, and there's a bunch of like a salon. Yeah, it's where my wife gets her hair cut. You know, the girl, my girl Michelle, cuts my hair. She's got blue hair and sleeves, full sleeve of tattoos. Of course, she and does. so she's kind of like pushing me forward, you know, into the. The new millennium, and I see all these these little skinny hipsters walking around, and I was like, Just "Give me like a, give me the poor man's version of what they have." So that's what I got. Uh, Where do you come down <laughs> on like pedicures 
and I've manicures. never gotten one, honestly. I, I would admit to you 100% if I had, I I've never gotten one. All right, that's that's your off-season chore. you got to have a pedicure. It's a little fancy for a man to go to a salon after Brady Quinn told us when he joined us that you walked around the streets of Paris in your uh, all in, in your uh, armor wear, whatever it's called. What's it called? Under, under Armour. Under Armour, close. Yeah, like my uh, workout, my sweatpants. Yeah, I, that's why when after that, I wanted to get on. I wish I would have answered the phone so bad. I wish I would have got home in time because it's true, man. You So we went to Europe for like nine days or something. Brady must have packed 19 different outfits per day. We come out <laughs> and walk the street, and Brady's wearing like a full duster, like Wyatt Earp. And, he's got a, and he has a, like a, those big uh, scarf deals, like the fancy scarves. <laughs> That, this was before scarves were in, too. They're and still was, not in. Oh, I didn't know yeah. they were in yet. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. For men. Right. They're, not, they're not for me. And so <laughs> they would. Uh, he'd come down in these crazy, and I'm like, Brady, what are you doing? I've worn the same sweatpants nine straight days. Brady, you know, just looked at me like I was so beneath him. <laughs> He's a quarterback. He's a pretty boy. I want to see him in the NFL, though, Hawk. That's what we got to make happen here. He's so He was such a delightful guy. And as I said to him, it's not trying to curry favor with him. I feel like Vince Young and Jimmy Clausen and Brady Quinn, all these conversations about, oh, no one can ever find a quarterback. How about these guys who just seem like they got about, uh, you know, two and a half quarters to prove themselves? We've got to get Brady Quinn a, a gig now for 2014. I know. He needs to, I think he almost is about 100% healthy from his uh, back. I'm sure he mentioned something like getting some back surgery. And he, uh, once he gets that all situated, I think he'll go past the physical and someone will give him a shot. So, yeah, you're right, though. What a what a good dude, you know, when getting serious. He's really, really great dude that that works so hard and like you said, what a what a handsome devil. Isn't oh, it? listen, he <laughs> is. He I mean he immediately vaulted into my top five best looking QBs, although he may have been oh. replaced after I met Jimmy Garoppolo. Now that's a handsome young fella. Uh, okay. Yeah, Garoppolo. I, I you know what? It sounds like hyperbole hawk, but I mean it. I think that now the Tom Brady Jimmy Garoppolo duo now trumps the most handsome quarterback duo in NFL history, Mike Tomzak and Jim Harbaugh of the Chicago Bears from a generation ago. Oh man, Tomzak, what a you're throwing out a great bucket right there. That's right, I did. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That would be man. Yeah, you might be right because Tom Brady has like this mysterious, weird like handsome like what can't he do like he has it all type thing you know so he's got that going for him where i think people are just you know obviously what someone what sounds like he's in love yeah, yeah what do they think girls <laughs> want to be with him and guys want to be him and right, something like that yeah sure money wants to throw in tom brady and matt castle he says that's not even close Oh, Ca- no, no no i'm going garoppolo, garoppolo over castle i'm sorry money please hey, have you ever had castle on here no he, you would absolutely love him. Castle might be the funniest guy in the NFL. I'm just letting you know. Oh, you're kidding me. Well, listen. A, you didn't talk to Brady about him either? Brady loves him. I'm telling you, Matt Castle is the man. You need to get him on here. Oh, Tom Brady doesn't talk to, to people at my level. Please. He would, no, he's saying Tom, no, no, no. Brady Quinn. Oh, Brady, Brady Quinn. Quinn. Yes. Yeah, all right. All right. Brady, now, Brady Quinn Brady loves, loves Castle. Castle. My level. What do you mean? <laughs> I, I do want you to pass along a message to Brady Quinn, which is that uh, producer Black Tie immediately said Brady Quinn more handsome than Tom Brady. 
Oh man, now that's saying a lot, right? Yeah, there. it is. Stepping it really is. Tie. Yep, yep. That's that's big, uh, big stuff out of uh, out of black tie. All right, Hawk. The, as usual, the time's too brief. We got to get your wife, which who, and uh, she's going to be out here because I want to hear what it's like to uh, to you know to be the spouse of an NFL football player. <laughs> she, you missed her. She is on the airplane right now, flying home. Are you kidding me? Why weren't we contacted? Oh my gosh! Why weren't you contacted? I don't know. I put that on you. Don't act like oh, I don't. She was supposed to call us. You were supposed to call. You're right. I should have said so. I honestly, I completely. That just maybe maybe I've been concussed. I don't know. I didn't. I can't believe I didn't contact you. Yeah, she. uh, She's out there like three days, going out to the. um, What they have the big flea markets out there. She's an interior designer, so she was out there getting stuff for some clients back in Ohio and. Visiting a couple of fan, you know, friends and different designers she knows out there. So, she had a well, time. you know what? I, I, you know, I, apparently somebody doesn't care about uh, trying to repeat as uh, the best football playing guest in the Shecky Awards His in twenty fourteen. And I just want to say, you know, I'm not. It's not a threat, but it's it's a fact, really. Ike Taylor and I played some basketball earlier this year. He's been a lot of fun this year, AJ oh, Hawk man. and, and Brady. Give me anxiety. Brady You're Quinn. What oh, if Brady God. Quinn I beat lose, you? Then what? If what if Brady lose, Quinn beat you for that? If I lose the Shecky to Brady, I might. You have to put me on suicide watch. I'm not gonna. I won't be able to come back from that one. <laughs> That's Damn, fair. Forgetting Eric Decker. You... Oh yes, oh, Eric God. Decker was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, we rode around a horse and carriage. I know. Damashek, I I see you all over Twitter. Believe me, you're hilarious. First of all, I love how you're you got whatever your sarcastic Donald Sterling tweets too. I'm sure you get some nice <laughs> some nice responses. I do. <laughs> some but, people don't uh, read no, the no, sarcasm no. properly. No, because yes. those always go over somebody's head. Because that's <laughs> it's always it's always the weirdest thing. If you want to make what you think is an intelligent joke, you'll get like a couple of favorites, and then if you go for the hacky, just like vanilla, just basic sports joke then everybody just loves it oh applause oh, and that's so sad that's so sad if you go for that 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 uh like you said that hacky cheesy bit and obviously and you know everyone's loving it then you know you're on the wrong path you need to jump yep. over and, and get some some real material and stuff i know there, there stuff. are plenty of sharp people out there ranks not like everybody went to ohio state you know some people yeah, went, i mean some people yeah, went to indiana university you know it's a good school, though. Right? Yeah. I'm okay. They're in the Big Ten. But Damashek, the thing about it, what I'm worried about, so I was, what, the 2013 Shecky winner? Mm-hmm. The guest? Right. I'm worried that I see you everywhere, and I see you talking to all these big-time guys. I doubt I get invites anymore because you're getting so big. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to get picked up. Your podcast is probably going to be like, you'll be like Dan Patrick soon. You'll be all over TV doing this thing. You and you and Rank, you won't even have me on. I'll be yeah. there sending you guys emails just trying to get a, a three-minute guest spot. No, I agree. Probably. <laughs> it's looking that way. <laughs> well, 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 I respect your honesty. Well, <laughs> we'll figure out something for you to do. Maybe some PA work around the, around the show or something like that. Now, of course, have you, well, ever, have you ever produced a podcast? <laughs> Oh yeah, Hawk is no Hawk's doing his own show, and I saw I you. Well, I saw you. What was with that guy? And I, I know you got to go, but uh, and I'm letting you go now. But real quick, I saw you a week or two ago, Kibitzin live on somebody else's live streaming video podcast, and the guy was talking all sorts of dirty talk. I don't like you in that atmosphere. All all the f bombs and everything. I don't know who's the guy you were talking to a week or oh, two ago. He he. Uh... 
Aubrey for the Honest podcast. It's, it's a supplement company. They have a, they're like a lifestyle type, whatever. But yeah, I went on there. He wasn't too bad. I mean, maybe he was just describing some stories he was telling. He he did maybe cuss a few times, but he was online. So you know, you know, Damashek, I can't ever knock somebody and try to. I'm not. I'm no no one for censorship. You know that. I see. All right, fair yeah. enough. I just you know, I I, I He's like a good dude. He's a really good dude, but he. Uh, I know. I hear you. I understand. I, I wasn't. I didn't go back at him like that. If you if you paid attention. And no, you didn't. And I appreciated that. Yes. Yeah, some people. Yeah. You you can stay up uh, on high when people have to dig down in the sewers to to make their oh, point with their dirty it. talk. No, I, I kid. Listen, oh, I'm, I'm not, not going to go. I'm not going to work blue, as they say. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and lastly, uh, I was touched uh, that I heard. I thought of you and uh, the other podcast friend who you may remember, Handsome Hank, and I were next to one another when they played I'm Proud to Be an American in Radio City Music Hall, and uh, Handsome Hank and I uh, both uh, connected oh. on you, <laughs> that hope, being your I favorite hope you song. I you embraced and shed a few tears. We did, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, we know that you shed a tear whenever that song's on, so we Every felt... Every time. They didn't... And you know, after <laughs> we did that podcast, people were, like, tweeting me, and some people were upset, which was awesome. That was my favorite part, that I <laughs> that was one of my favorite songs. And then some people, which absolutely blew my mind, had never heard the song. <laughs> Wait, has Black Tie ever heard that song? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good one. That and that obviously would have been your walkout music, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I as I say on the uh, Sheck Report this week, I think mine would be more. I think about an NFL films music. Dun 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 dun. That would be awesome. Walk out to well, that. Okay, that would be great. But we know you're just a you're just a corporate. Sh- so that's oh, why you do it. They're part of your, aren't they part of your network? Keep it up, Hawk! You know what? I'm going to leave you with this. It's not even Memorial Day. There's plenty of time to turn this thing around. But taking pot shots at me is no way to repeat as the Shecky Award winner in 2014. Well, I had to you think about I that. Some, I learned from the best, Mr. Dave Damashek, that if I see someone speaking in cliches or just giving what you think you want to hear, I have to call them out on it, right? No jive, No talk. jive. That's no, no jive. jive. I appreciate no it, Hawk. And uh, listen. Let's get Brady Quinn a job because I don't want you to have to pay for his next trip to Europe. And he's got a lot of he's got a big scarf collection to maintain apparently. So we got to get him a gig there. And uh, and listen, I want you to come out to Los Angeles before things get too hot and heavy for you in uh, the football season. But either way, we'll stay in touch, keep on working at it, and uh, and let's get this thing turned around and see if we can't get you at least into the finalists for the Shecky Award winner before yeah, the end of the year. Yeah, give me top three. I know you got some, you've had some great guys that mm-hmm. are in the running. So I, as long as I'm in the top three, I'll be all right, and we'll, we'll see where we can go from there. All right, you're the best, Hawk. Uh, great speaking with you, and uh, we'll look forward to kibitzing with you soon. All right, thanks, guys. Say hello to Haha for Good us. Good to hear you. Yeah, there he goes, the great AJ Hawk. We tease him because I think he is still in the running. Do you? How do you? Wait. You know what? May as well to have that conversation right now. Black tie jump in as well. Who among the football playing guests that we've had in 2014 would you say? Let's say the Shecky halfway Award through. It's almost halfway through. Right. Guys. It's fair yeah. enough to look at that. Yeah. We, we can. And I'll tell you this. I've said this about another category. Maybe it's the grandfather. It's the granddaddy of all Shecky Awards. Is the fruit of the year category. Right. This year has been not good for fruit. 2013 was so delicious. Peaches and strawberries and pineapple and beyond. And I can't remember how. I I can't think of more than two or three nice fruit experiences I've had in 2014. How say you, Rank? That's tough. 
Yeah. Well, I, I mean, know. like I say, we're moving into the prime this is time the for free. Season. But we live in Southern California. It's, it's like really supposed in, to be it's like year being round. being in May and being like, you know, I haven't seen any great football games this year. Uh, I'd like to think in 2014 that they're doing some pretty good thing in the Fruit Labs and they're making it tasty year round, but not so far this year. Either way. You've got to wait till the Bing Cherries come out. I know. People sing songs about the Bing Cherries. Uh, you and uh, you and your pal Adam Carolla. But he also I, loves the Bings. I actually did write a song about him. Or they was, uh, no, I think Carolla likes the Rainier Cherries. Is oh, that something? No. Rainier Cherry. Anyway, best football playing guest, Black Tie. How say you? Uh, sleeper. I'm going to throw it to our main man who came on the show and actually showed off, showed off his talent, Nate Brotherson. You know, he came in here, oh, dropped yeah. the first ever DDFE freestyle, and... Uh, you know, crush the building. Boy, oh boy, that's true. Nate Burleson was great. Uh, also, Michael X. Bennett was great right after the Super Bowl. He was dynamite. Mm-hmm. Eric Decker was very nice as we went around the uh, horse-drawn carriage ride in New York City in Central Park. I think that's still up there at NFL.com if you want to track that down, by the way. Um, yeah, I'm in the mix. I'm oh. doing my thing in Studio 66. There little is. tease of what Nate Brodson did back on uh, a couple, like ten, fifteen episodes. ago. The aforementioned Wait, Sway that? Ike Taylor. I was. I, he has his own podcast now in Pittsburgh. I went on that last week. It was. Uh, it was fun times catching up with him. But yeah, he's been a repeat guest now in twenty. In fact, we should kibitz with him sooner rather than later because he felt about a month before the draft that the Steelers needed to go cornerback. He was rooting for Justin Gilbert, or actually who he was rooting for was uh, Kyle Fuller. And um, and instead, and then Darquez Denard was there, but then he decided a week before the draft, like Taylor did, need to go defensive line, mm. build from the inside out. Um, so I'd be, be interested to hear what he had. By the way, the Steelers, it's, it's interesting to me that a lot of the teams that are getting high draft grades for what they're worth um, – didn't address what would seem to be their primary need. Like I thought we were just talking about. We yes. are. I know we are. We'll get back to that in a second. Please bear with me. The I Steelers, got a new segment, by the way, to wrap the show. Uh, with, so. I mean, it's black ties hypocrisy. I thought we're talking about this. Well, let me just finish my thought on just this, a heads up. and then he has just to jump in. It. Oh, by the way, I have a new segment I want to introduce. Can I finish this thought? Go ahead. The Steelers' greatest need going into the draft was thought to be corner. They barely addressed it. They did in the fifth round, which is not really addressing it at all. You know, in the first couple rounds or three rounds, or the guys that are a hundred percent going to make the team. Everything else is pretty much a, a, a coin flip. I would, I, I would say the Houston Texans similarly Tom Savage in the fifth round isn't exactly addressing the quarterback situation I would have thought they might go you know AJ McCarron or Derek Carr I anticipated Derek Carr at the top of two I was certain that they were Texans yeah why not Derek Carr is I mean that would seem to fit what Bill O'Brien looks for in a quarterback They, they had his brother I, I, you know, I don't know how it's possible that that didn't occur to me. It's a completely different regime and everything else. But I wonder how much that affects it. Yeah, Rick Uh, Smith's like, I wasn't me who did the draft. Bill O'Brien. Well, I had nothing to do with with uh, with uh, with his brother. Believe me, I would have liked to have seen (laughs) it. That's a great point. Like, yeah, but in this city, that won't go over if we bring in David Carr's brother. No, it's a not happening. That's a non-starter for us. And then it would have been hilarious. I would have liked to have seen it. But so they don't address quarterback which again was their greatest need and yet you would say that was or i would say that that was one or or the second or third best draft of anybody and then the rams i think if you didn't say the texans i would say the rams had the best draft 
And they also didn't do anything at quarterback. And it's interesting, given that Sam Bradford is in what potentially is his last year, and that team's ready-made for the playoffs, you would think. That defense should be mighty, at the very least. And they they still have Tavon Austin in year two. You know, that's the thing. We talk about Jarvis Jones with Pittsburgh and his need to emerge. But a lot of these guys, you know, they get a year delayed. Basically, they're on red shirt. You know, Jonathan Cooper. And there are a lot of guys that, from injuries or anything else, or maybe that just takes them a little while to get used to the pro waters but a lot of guys in year two now have to have to take a big step but the but Bradford now is this is the year if he doesn't do it then they'll let him go they'll let him walk away and they really didn't replace him so it's a right. curious spot that other uh, you know it's I guess sort of like the Cincinnati Bengals they're all set everywhere except possibly at quarterback now I think Sam Bradford has the bigger upside but it's been now four years for him in the NFL time for him to to deliver conversely the Bengals did address quarterback and Andy Dalton in that same spot wow. now in a critical time for him they, they will let him walk if he they're if, not going to go they're not handing the ball over to AJ McCarron I disagree with that three guys that they they could they could turn it over in uh, here's a prediction for you, you want a bold prediction because he's he struggled in the past Andy Dalton had, if you look at his numbers at the end of 2013, you would say, wow, he had a very nice offensive season. But if you go back and look game today, he had a couple of uh, a couple of two-game, three-game stretches where he was crummy. If that happens in 2014 with a team that presumably is going to have a lot of expectations this year, I wouldn't be surprised in the Boo Birds and everything else. He might crumble, and if he if he starts to struggle, why wouldn't the Bengals say, let's throw McCarron in there and see what he has? At the end of the year? I, I could see. I, I predict he's going he's, to start a game without injury to Andy Dalton at some point. McCarron is one he's of He's the same. I think he's sort of the same guy. Either one of them have some spectacular upside. They're both, they both cut the figure of a capable NFL starter, I think. No, McCarron's fine. Coming, he's not coming, great. He's coming from a good NFL or a good college ready program, and he'll be good breaking down film and doing things of that nature, but. If the Bengals don't make the playoffs, when St. Louis doesn't make the playoffs, those teams will have to get rid of their quarterbacks, and they'll jump up for one of the three guys who will be coming out next year, Winston, Hundley, or Mariota. Those three guys could go one, two, three in the draft next year. Boy, that's an interesting point since we're 11 they're all, months and three weeks away from the draft. All, that's so right. I haven't started to think about that. Like all three You're of right. those guys I would have put ahead of Blake Bortles. Yeah, yeah, great way to great way to look at it. Yeah, all right. Black tie oh, is holding his arms out as though he's being crucified. What is your to... What are you suffering for behind the glass, wait, Black wait, wait, Tie? We got to mention this kid. Oh Remember? yes, we well we met a lot of people outside uh, Radio did. City and inside Radio City. It was very nice of people to come up and uh, and say hello. One of which Max was uh, was the real uh, star there. He was a star. He came in. He was in the Irish bar at one in the morning after Thursday night. Walks over Probably to the 11 table. or 12 years old, yeah. maybe Walk. 10, maybe 13, something like that. Walks over to the table to say hello. And then knew everything about uh, that there the, is to know about DDFP. And the next day, he comes around. And Not a fan won. of black ties. No. He, uh, he introduced, we introduced him to everybody, and then our one of our uh, executive producers, Mark Brady, goes, hey, what do you think of black tie? And he goes, eh, his body language thing's a little weird. <laughs> Was I believe his exact <laughs> quote. what he said? Um, all right, just to uh, to uh, finish it up, the best guests so far this year. Hawk's always great. We've talked to him at least what three times this year. But his brother in law Quinn, very charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. Um, Told fun stories too. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, like guys, I say, you know like? Sway Ike Taylor's was it it has been Sway a lot. Of, or is it Swag? You no, he's decided. No, he just changed. changed That's what made swag. me think of it when I was on his show last week. He announced that he doesn't want to be Swag. Uh, he doesn't want to be Swaggy anymore. He's now Sway. Sway's already a person. Well, what do you want me to tell you? I don't know. Tell it's a, him. his decision. I don't Your know. Your friends would then be like there Swag. Is a, I, a guy I know to tell swag. him that he's. I don't know who Sway is. Who is Sway? Are you kidding me? The guy who does the skateboarding stuff? No, the guy who is on MTV. TV forever. Yeah, that didn't he the, do the... He wears like the little... Uh, no, you're talking about... I forget the ESPN guy that does... They both... Yeah, Sal. You're talking about Sal Masters... I didn't even know his last name. Sway! Day. I but, know who you're talking yeah, about. Sway has a little uh, head... He took over for Kurt Loder. thing going on. Oh, uh, yeah. A long time ago. <laughs> that, and he's somewhat no, famous. I don't think that's just... the way it went. I think that Kurt Loder passed the torch to Tabitha Soren, who perhaps no, passed no, it no. to Sway. No, but I think Kurt you're skipping Loder, some important names. Kurt Loader was there forever. Listen, for a long it time. It went Martha Quinn. Then it went to the guy who had the when Adrian, Kenneth, Adrian, they, whatever his name. Adrian Curry as well. He yeah. had long blonde hair. Yeah. Then Kurt Loner, Kurt Loader came in and he he legitimized MTV News. And then Kennedy was in there for some Kennedy mixed in there as there. well. Tabitha Soren and now Sway. I okay. love I love you guys' knowledge of you know pop culture way back in the day it's really impressive way however though day, 11 this, years this ago. leads into the segment this leads into relevant. the new segment as as we just knew that found out damn doesn't know do we not and did we not decide i was gonna say something about our best guest oh you yeah guys all i love that you're throwing all these things you know that it reminds me of it reminds me of the lead up to the 2014 nfl draft oh maybe mac will go first overall maybe they'll go manzel or bortles dude aj hawk is the clowny I see. Our guests, and he's going to win. But don't you see? No, don't. He's maybe resting on his laurels, and Uh, he needs a little fire lit underneath him. After that, maybe he does. We left him a 30 minute voicemail. Not only was he not upset, he was delighted by it that he got a chance to listen to the podcast. Don't question my coaching techniques. Do you understand? He's uh, not listening now, so it's fun. Well, his father might be, and he'll pass the message you along. You I want Hawk. I want him staying sharp. You understand? You want to talk about somebody who knows how to motivate Hawk. It's his father. Yeah. Who raised an NFL football Well, player. when he hears this, so. I think he'll deliver my message. <laughs> All right, Black Tie, go ahead. Tell us about your precious new segment idea. Well, during the interview with Hawk, you mentioned wear armor, or you, you were trying to say under armor. Under armor. All so, right, whatever. Again, showing your lack of what's going on in today's Don't world. talk to me about what we <laughs> know about it's, it's, and don't you know, know about. I think it's upon me to sort of help that, for, you know, help you. You're the perfect be, person. The yeah. person who who can't make any pop culture references is well, going to tell of, me of about pop culture. 20, from 20 years ago, <laughs> I can't. No, totally. But in today's world, so new segment here is called Hashtag This, uh-huh. Hashtag That. I'm going to give you two topics that's trending right now on social media. All right. Fairly, fairly new. You know, people are buzzing about it. And you can only pick one. Okay, you gotta, you go gotta, ahead. You give your thoughts on just one of them. You can't pick two. Lay it okay. on me. All right. So the two topics here over the last couple of days. The big fight, or not, I wouldn't say fight, like the big attack from Solange on, Jay's, on Jay-Z with Beyonce standing I watched by. the video of that. Well, yeah. hold on. The second topic you can talk about is the reveal today of Ben Affleck's Batman suit. So, go. Hashtag this, hashtag that. I, why do I have to choose? If I want to talk choose. about both, no, why can't, can't I? You t- can't do both. That's you got to you got to choose. Pick I want to talk about both. How about uh, that? All right, see, I'll talk about let's uh, let's talk about Batman. Although I would love to know if anybody has that 
has the mystery of why she was kicking Jay Z been cracked yet? Is anybody- no, we have our own Crystal Rich on it though. She's uh, how does it? Uh, why wouldn't so no? So why wouldn't Jay Z release a statement saying whatever as an excuse? Okay, just say <laughs> just whatever. Make up some inane thing like you know. Oh, he, he you know I wasn't done with that last scallop and he took it off my plate. Just something that's <laughs> inane so that it doesn't blow up into like, some massive oh, story. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Oh, I hate when people do that. Scallops. You know? Oh, I can relate to Scallops that. Scallops are so twenty years ago. No, 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 it's no. Ceviche no. now. What? I'm just joking. Sit, listen, scallops have never gone Don't out go of style in me. I like a nice grilled scallop. Okay. It can be delicious. Okay. As you were saying, bad soup. You had it on pizza. You know what's really coming on big, though? A- and over the last, like, three years now, there's a little bit of old news. But the work that they're doing with Brussels sprouts, I never, I, I couldn't have imagined this. If you would have told me in 2005 that... That that the that the hardest charging vegetable out there right now. Be on the lookout in the uh, in the teens of the twenty first century. Look out for the Brussels sprout. I, I would have called you crazy. I would I would have kicked you out of here. But lo and behold, delicious, still, just delicious stuff they're doing right still now. Still not a fan. Um, but all right, Batman. I don't know what thoughts are there to have. I saw a, 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 a still a black and white. It looked like all the other Batman stuff to me. I don't know. Was there anything distinctive about it? Did I miss something? Rank, you know comic book stuff better right. than I do. Is there any, was there something about that that was noteworthy? No, it looked pretty cool. I mean, that's I I. I it was is a, there a story? Just, is there? I I don't know what Batman and Superman the story is based on. Is there a comic that the, is the? A lot of people are saying it's based on Frank Miller's uh, novel, The Dark Knight Returns, which essentially an older more grizzled veteran Batman takes on Superman. He wears like an armored suit, which is what oh, the really? suit showed us. They're going to fight? Well, yes. It looks they, more like Jim Lee's Batman. But Rank is saying it's not even Frank Miller, which everyone else is saying. But Rank, Why would Superman and else? Batman tussle? That sounds like a terrible He's idea. Superman why would you do that? that? There's a little bit of uh, They're friends. There. Why? Yeah. Batman. Why would Batman There's trust an alien? Yeah. Oh come on! Listen, I know that uh, I know that Bruce Wayne's you know had some ups and downs in his life, but mostly they've been ups. First of all, why would he be so cynical about Superman, who's done nothing but good? Because what Superman has he nobody, done anything bad to anybody in a, in a, well, on planet Earth? If you're not an American, you might not feel that way. Well, that's an interesting point. Except that way. Bruce Wayne, as far as I know, is an American. I think he was born and bred in these United States. How dare you, sir, to suggest that Bruce Wayne might hail from some other foreign land? That's not what I'm talking about. I said Superman. Oh, so he? An alien. Yeah, I know. But so why would Batman not like him? He's he's know. pro Superman's pro USA man. He's USA all the way. Batman is cynical. He's a detective, you know. So he's not just going to believe some alien came. From I don't think he has a badge. I don't think he's. I don't think he's officially. I don't think he's formally a detective. I think he, he maybe is self entitled. Sherlock Holmes formally a detective? I yeah, probably so. Was. He probably does have oh, a degree. He's a, he was a Scotland Yard. Well. That's yeah, well, nothing. Pre- That's what it is. <laughs> Bruce Wayne is just an eccentric he's, millionaire who decided, I'm going to be a detective. I'm going to be a sleuth. You know? Who's he yeah, to decide if, these what things? What if John Taffer just decided to be I a sheriff? I don't like it. What kind of thing is this that Superman and Batman are coming to fisticuffs? And the other thing is, I don't care what Batman does, unless he has kryptonite, which is apparently an infinite resource in the world of uh, of DC Comics. 
It's a planet that blew up. Right, but whatever, it, forty years super, ago, so ago, and did, yet they always can conjure some kryptonite. Because did, if they don't do that, then there's no way you would ever beat Superman. First of all, how do you think Superman got here? What do you mean? He got he jumped in that capsule. Okay, and that was or his only, uh, old man put him in the capsule and, and was, dispatched him. And that was the only bit of debris from his home planet that landed. I understand on Earth. there's some in the universe, but the universe is a large place, as I've learned from Cosmos. Yes, so some of it still lands on Earth, and you don't think Batman would be- lands on Earth? That seems unlikely. Meteors land on Earth. All a the planet time. in some other part of the galaxy or, or universe you, blows up, and we're, you're to believe you believe that kryptonite reached earth what do you what odds are there that what do you think meteors are all right first of all and second of all if he doesn't have kryptonite then it's not a fight at all i don't care what superman what batman puts on his back to protect himself superman can punch through anything can't he he just shoots the lasers out of his eyes and kills him but believe me i'm a batman guy i grew up batman i like human beings doing my crime fighting you know, I don't need any man made out of steel. I'm not a, I'm not a Yankees fan, sir. What are you saying to me? I'm not a New York Yankees fan. I'm not some front runner. Superman, indeed. Give me Batman any day. But I know Batman has no chance if they ever come to blows. Right? What kind of movie is this going to be? Thumbs down. Let's find out in a couple of years. <laughs> Until then, a couple of years. we're out of here. All right, that's it. Are we doing another? Oh, yeah, we got a second podcast coming up this week. Who do we yep. have, Black Tie? Uh, we're going after Raiders pick Khalil Mack. Ooh. Going after him, not confirmed just yet. Gotta- Terrific. All right, so we'll look forward to hopefully catching up with Khalil Mack. And by the way, the Raiders, as I said uh, to Jan- Daniel Jeremiah the other day, if only the Raiders would have kept uh, Valdir, the left tackle that uh, went to Arizona, they, I think we would universally be saying the Raiders have had a spectacular offseason, and you still might even be able to say that. Yes, long in the tooth free agents, but still some interesting pieces there. Now you have Derek Carr and so on. So I think uh, the Raiders will be fun to talk about with uh, with their first-round draft pick if we indeed do get to talk to Khalil Mack. In the meantime, great talking about the draft with our pals Matt Money-Smith, who we still have to get for the great sandwich debate. And uh, to Bucky Brooks, make sure you check out uh, their podcast, College Football 24-7. The last one before they take off a well-deserved uh, month or so for uh, for a little vacation there. And rank all sorts of good stuff up there at NFL.com. We got the Sheck Report, post-draft edition for you. All sorts of other hooey and applesauce. We'll talk with you later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. 
And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 